Welcome to the You Can Lead podcast. I'm Nora Fizan and with me today is the incredibly talented Aspadia Sa, who has inspired many young people through her mentorship and empathic guidance. In this fun and candid conversation, Aspa reveals how she managed to turn her biggest weakness into her greatest superpower. She graduated with a bachelor's degree in education and a master's in counseling. She's the manager of Outshine Tuition School, the co-founder of the Young Professionals Network and director of education at Scott, an award-winning local NGO. Recently, she was selected as a finalist at the 2020 Women of the Future Southeast Asia Awards. Aspa, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to have you as usual. I really love your office, by the way. Thank you. So, Recently, uh-huh. you were nominated, not just nominated and shortlisted, um, you were also given a special mention for the Women of the Future Southeast Asia Awards this year, 2020, Yay. under the social entrepreneur category, yes. which is really impressive, by the way. So, how did you feel winning that special mention? That's quite impressive, uh-huh. I have to say. Funny, because the, the award, right, uh-huh. uh, was held virtually. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> after they announced the the winner of my my category, uh-huh. and then uh, we, we said, okay, let's just you know end the the, the <laughs> end the video. <laughs> then um, the internet was not helpful, and we we heard bits of my name. Oh, go back, go back. What's that? What's that? <laughs> and you're like, special mention. That's really impressive, by the way, because you're talking about being on a platform where they have people from across Southeast Asia. Yeah. And imagine what the population is of Southeast Asian to be to be nominated or even shortlisted yeah. in that category. You know, that's impressive. Well uh, done to you. Um, well, thank you. Um, but I was also impressed by the, the, the winner herself, Joy. Mm. I, I feel like, yeah, I think I should get myself connected with her. Yes, yes. Because uh, I think that what she's doing is um, similar to what I'm doing uh-huh. with Scott. Oh, really? Yeah. In education, education as well? Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. So, so how did you... How did, how did you get started in Scott Education? <laughs> What's the story? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anwar actually um, introduced me what volunteering work is. He dropped some hints, you know, telling me to be part of Scott. <laughs> and then just one day he said to me, Aspa, uh, are you free in the next few days? I said, why? Could you help me train a few teachers? <gasps> mm, okay, what do you need me to do, you know, basically to help these teachers? So just train them, you know, um, uh, just equip them with maybe classroom management. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, <laughs> so, um, um, okay, sure. So in my head, I thought, okay, this is just going to be like a few days thing. And then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at where I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> You've been stuck since then. So basically, he tricked you <laughs> into joining Scott in a way. Uh, I used to think he tricked me into joining Scott. But now I think I fell in love uh, with Scott. With immediately. The, when immediately. You did, oh, wow. Immediately. What made you fall in love with that realm of community work, giving back, especially in education? Mm. There was this one boy, he he didn't get through year seven because he did this, he did that mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let's get to know this boy. And actually this boy was very warm. And I think all he needed was um, attention mm-hmm. uh, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So I think I was able to give him that until he got into a fight and he left the class just like that. And I said, oh no, uh, should I go after him? <laughs> or should I continue teaching? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the class... 
I could hear somebody was like walking behind me. And he just walked past me and under his breath, he said, sorry teacher for leaving the class. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay, wow. now this is interesting. For this is before you did counseling? Before or? I did counseling. <gasps> wow. So I said to myself, you know what? I love this. I mean, I love to teach. I could help kids in the classroom, but how could I help them outside? So I explored counseling. I spoke to uh, oh. friends who were in counseling, um, friends who are counselors. Mm-hmm. Then I was actually in in a dilemma. I was like, okay, should I pursue my master's in English literature mm-hmm. or counseling? Mm-hmm. Then I, I went for counseling because it wasn't English that the, the kids needed, but it was capacity building, mm-hmm. you know, um, for them to just really believe in themselves, perhaps understand their thought processes as well. Mm. So I said, okay, that's it, counseling. Because <laughs> <laughs> you realized it was going to help you a lot in yes. helping turn around their lives. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of these kids, sometimes all they need is a little push, right? To yeah. believe in themselves and their abilities true, to unlock true. the talent. Why do you think you are so passionate about teaching? So I remember um, growing up, I felt like I needed I needed somebody to believe in me. Mm. Because I was not properly diagnosed with dyslexia. So I struggled, I think, for almost two years. Um, How old were you at that uh, time? I was in year seven, so I was six, mm-hmm. five, six, yeah, five, six. But my mom said I didn't learn anything because I just, my mom paid the school for me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what she said? Oh. Yeah, so I just, I went to school, I got to school, I, I slept uh, throughout the, the lessons and then bo- by the time I got up, it was time to, to you know, to go home, finish, school's finished. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I remembered I was being passed to several different teachers. Mm-hmm. So I even caught teachers saying that they couldn't teach me. Mm. To your mother? Uh, to my mother. And I heard them talking to other teachers as well. Oh. Yeah. As a child, you heard the teachers talking yeah. about you. And then I remember being punished. Uh, I feared going to school because I knew Definitely, I would be put to stand on a chair oh. while everybody was reading um, together in the class. So that was not really a great experience to have as, as a, a child. child. Yeah. yeah. So um, I never liked going to school. I never liked uh, learning um, around those ages. So my first few years of exposure to education was not something that I said, "Hey, well, what am I doing?" Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I even belong here? So I look for friends, you know, mm-hmm. to be... But again, uh, because of how I looked, apparently, I, I couldn't get friends. I don't know what is it about the label back then uh, with, with kids with glasses. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's terrible, yeah. isn't yeah. it? So um, maybe going back to your question, what made me... Jen, so passionate made, about education. Yeah. So I met one teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I overheard her talking to my mom and she said, before I go to uni, let me teach her. I want to teach her. So uh, I couldn't un- really understand back then why she said yes to me. And then I, I liked how she taught me. Uh, mm. It was fun. I think that was the very first time I said, hey. This is uh, fun. This is fun. I like learning yeah. and reading. Wow. Uh, like now I could understand maybe perhaps why teachers were doing those things back then. Maybe they just really did not know how to handle a, a kid like me. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, and then I met her again in year eight. Wow. Yeah. 
I she became my tuition teacher for three years, and she was teaching with so much patience, you know. Mm. Uh, she was so patient with you guys. Yes. Wow. Yes. And uh, she, how encouraging she was! Just really encouraging, and she every time she stepped onto the classroom, she would just be this um, bubbly teacher. Uh, no judgment. Ray of sunshine. Oh, yes, I, you know, I just want to say her name. Her name is Teacher Sari Aini. She's still oh. teaching at State Pre. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Teacher Sari Aini, <laughs> for making us far the way she is. Um, yeah, and then I even said to myself, okay, that's it. I want to be an English teacher. Because of her? Because of her. Really? Really, because of her, I wanted to be an English teacher. So back then, my English was like super broken. I remember in year nine, we called it form three at that time. Yeah. I was sitting for my PMB exam, oral exam. And then the, the two teachers asked me and said, what, what would you want to be uh, when you grow up? I said English teacher. And they just looked at each other. Like, mm, you know, with like, that face, you... like, really? With that English? You're going to be an English teacher? <laughs> That's so <laughs> oh my goodness. And then, how did you react though? Were you like, um, oh, or uh, were did, you like, you know what, I can do it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think what I like about myself back then, I just had, I had that, um, I don't care attitude. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I pursued my uh, degree in English anyways. <laughs> despite, despite. <laughs> Their judgment. That's amazing. Despite their judgment. Uh, you yeah. always had that self-belief. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I think wh- what made me believe in myself back then, I just didn't have anybody to, to believe in me. Um, it was funny how at that age, I was able to have that kind of thought process. You said that even when you were a kid, you had that awareness. And then you said how at that age, you knew your teacher was mm. already like giving up on you. And yeah. then you thought... You know, mm. how can this teacher give up on me? Yeah. That's amazing. I just thought, you know, from a young age, you already had this sense of self-awareness, mm. right? It's just yeah. the way you are and the way you see things is a bit different from, you know, other people, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think a series of events made me, you know, just tell myself. And um, I just didn't have anybody back then for me. Really? Yeah. Growing up was really hard, you know. Mm. Um Having friends, but they're not really my friends. They were just using me to complete um, the group. The group, yeah. <laughs> I don't listen about girls back then trying to form a group of five friends and then like call, spice girls. Scott, yeah, spice girls. <laughs> so, we have the same. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but how do you think you overcame that? That that. Kind uh, of, a depressive period yeah. let's say you know when you were around eight or nine how did you overcome that you think i would say books um because wow. uh, yeah i would say books books for the win i love it <laughs> <laughs> um my dad he he had friends who told him like uh, books could actually help improve your your children's reading so wow. his initial purpose of buying me readers digest and mastica so i had this <laughs> my dad said you have to be uh, able to be like i don't know maybe um bilingual um, <laughs> so i'm going to get you every month a readers digest to work on your english and mastica to work on your malay <laughs> That is just so classic. I can't believe it. Wow. So, and don't give away how old you are. No, <laughs> just kidding. 
my sticker and reader's digest. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I thought that was the the greatest thing that my dad had ever done for me growing mm. up because Reader's Digest it's filled with you know true stories mm. uh, people who struggled and how they've overcome difficulties mm. so you think Partly. that helped shape you as yeah. well like and help kind of become your guidance counsellor yeah. so to speak uh, I once even come across with a story of uh, a teen mm-hmm. um struggling to really be part of a like a family so she couldn't fit in when she was in school she couldn't fit in at home mm. like whatever happens at home she would be made as a scapegoat oh. yeah. so um i thought i could relate to her mm. and then to this day i still remember like i i reread her stories like several times really yeah if i could just remember which edition that was in <laughs> wow yeah. that's amazing yeah. how books can really like help shape you True. or even save you you know yeah wow that's fantastic mm-hmm. one of the things that why you're so passionate about teaching as well is that you know you believe that no kid is unteachable how did that counseling help in what you do today you think mm. uh, i enrolled myself in the in the program mm. would be you know just for me to help others then in the same year i got into the program it was also the same year uh, this new professor uh came from from the US his name professor downs mm-hmm. he was the main reason why i stayed as well cuz halfway i was thinking you know i think i i should quit which is too hard <laughs> cuz i thought it was just going to be me learning some skills and then to i go out people. yeah help other people i didn't realize that I would be helping myself because he said uh there's no way aspa you could help others if you don't face the issues you have uh I didn't really confront it. Mm, resolve it. Yeah, I didn't really resolve these issues. So I was a very angry teen. I wasn't wow. an angry child, but an angry teen. So I think I've I've just been angry for 10 years with super exhausting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh for one year and a half of counseling, I counseled myself more than I counseled others. Wow. Yeah. Um, so you healed yourself in the process. Yes, and yeah. that's when you realized that what Oprah always says, you know, you cannot give what you don't have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So how can you help <laughs> others if you haven't helped yourself True. and you yourself aren't healed? Yeah. So it's such a great lesson like, you know, for all of us, I think. Yeah. I wanted to move forward now into the future and seeing that you're also one of the co-founder of, you know, Young Professionals, yeah, professionals Network, Network. BN, yeah. YPN.BN. Um, so tell us why you think that's important having a network of young professionals who can mentor mm-hmm. the young people of Brunei. Yeah. A lot of people they they go through problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, go through problems, maybe issues or challenges and Sometimes there are people who just don't know how to seek help. Mm. And I think young professionals network here fill the gaps that uh, other agencies aren't able to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh not only uh, to lower the unemployment rate here in Brunei but also to help those professionals how they could actually help others 
uh, thrive at their workplace, mm-hmm. even themselves. Mm-hmm. And connect them with the job opportunities yeah. that they might have themselves, true, right? Because a lot of these mentors themselves are young entrepreneurs who need people, yeah. you know, in, in their businesses too, yeah. right? And to be heard. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I like as well about our mentorship safe weekend. Safe platform. Yes, yeah. it's a safe platform for everybody, you know, whose voices have never been heard and mm-hmm. felt that um, this could be a great place where they could speak up, you know, their voices be heard. And just really talk about anything. Yeah, raise real issues Correct. or concerns that they might have. Mm-hmm. Because whatever problems we have, right? Mm-hmm. There's someone else who's already gone through that. I think youth just have this so much energy. Mm-hmm. And um, their thoughts are filled with so many things. <laughs> and trying to find a platform where they can voice out their their opinions and raising them to the right people and talking about it to to their peers um this just shows that willingness to be to be part of uh, our society mm-hmm. and i just can't wait for this uh, this generation mm-hmm. to run the nation one day and that's what i find really amazing is mm-hmm. that this is the new generation so now it's time to come up with a solution because mm-hmm. the initial problem was you can't even be heard. So how can mm, you even come up with a solution or have this mm. conversation going? But now you already have that platform yeah. for a safe conversation. What's the next step? Okay, let's find solutions. Let's discuss yeah. real ideas. Let's construct and build. True. So I think that right now what we don't realize is we're, you know when you have this tidal wave of change, you know, first you get on the space, then after you get the space, you speak, then after you speak, ideation, mm-hmm. you know, then ideation, then creation. So there's this tidal wave of change that we have to follow and we're only at this level. And mm. because we are rising, you're not seeing it yet that actually you are on the wave already. Yeah. You know, some young people might think, oh, you know, nothing's changed. You just talk, talk. I've heard that no. being said, gun, like, you know, in forums, whenever we have the feedback, gun. oh, you guys just talk, but nothing's changed. Mm. Do you realize that yeah. even three years or four or five years ago, you wouldn't have been able to have this conversation in the first yeah. place? Mm. So change is coming. It is here. Yeah. Uh, what do you think are the issues facing young people nowadays? Because <sighs> I remember when I was their age, I think I was just like them. Um, <laughs> I thought living in the moment was everything. Mm. The only thing that I knew I wanted to do was to be an English teacher. But mm. That was it. Other than that, I never even thought of where I would go, um, what would I do after that, what was I going to do. <laughs> Uh, with the skills, yeah. I don't even think I was even thinking about skills. Let's see, what what were we really scared of? It's not really uncertainty. It's more like how the future seemed beyond their reach. Mm. Does that make it's any? It's so far away that it's they don't so far think away. Correct. It. Yeah. It was always synonymous with like five years, ten years, you know, uh, fifteen years. It was never emphasized that future could be tomorrow. Yeah. 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 So it seems so far away from them that they're like, why should I think about that now? Yeah. You yeah. know, why is it important? Were you like that as well as a kid? I, I believe I was. Mm. Yeah. Whenever somebody just asked me, so um, what's your future plans like? Mm. Yeah. Future plan. And then I would say, oh, what do you mean by future? You know, like next year, maybe, you know. <laughs> uh, so, so I was never told that tomorrow is also future. Do you think it's important having gone through all that? Yeah, thinking about the future is one thing. Yeah. yeah. But to act on your present is also another. Because I've met people who are so uh, 
consumed, maybe too absorbed by you know future, future, future that they forgot their present is also important. So a balance towards where you're heading, mm. but also to live in the moment and taking advantage of the opportunities you have right now. Yeah. Okay, this is the funny thing. I I kept on listening to contradicting, maybe it's just opinions. I've heard one said, do things that you love because you'll get the most out of it. And this other person said, don't do things that you love. Do things that you fear. <laughs> do things that you fear because at the end of the day, it gives you that satisfaction. Of having to overcome it. Yes, overcome it. And then I remember talking to you. I like what you said about the book that you read. Was, Can't hurt me, David Goggins. Yes, him, him. Um, <laughs> just because you like doing what you like, sometimes it lives that emptiness inside you and say, hey, I've done so many things that I like, but how come I still feel... There's something more, right? Yeah, it's like incomplete. But in the moment you start doing the things that you don't like, then that's when you start to maybe slowly complete that or fill the the, the gap the, the that gap that void yeah. yeah and then i learned oh i've never seen it this way that um what you don't like or what you fear is also something that is part of you and to conquer that will make you invincible yeah. it gives you so much power i remember talking about that with yeah. you so going back to your main passion of teaching and having taught students and teachers mm-hmm. what did they teach you it's just to to not give up mm-hmm. um, because okay this might sound a little bit I don't know cliche maybe but really is to 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 love I mean oh yeah because when okay it, uh, every year I would be meeting different different um, students mm. and to engage with new people sometimes like socially it's never easy so I would always say, how do I engage with... Because students at first would be strangers. They would be strangers mm. to me, right? So when I entered the room, the one thing that I do every single year is to never treat them like strangers. Oh. I would make them feel like as if they've known me for, for years. years. Oh, yes. that would make them love you so much. Yeah. So I would like <laughs> enter the room and go, like, hi guys, welcome. You know, and just uh, start talking about... Um, what do you want to get out of my class? Oh. Yeah. Um, what, what do you want me to do? I Instead of asking them um, what grades they want at the end of the year, I would ask them every time what they, what they want to do with me and what they want to get out of it. You know what's fantastic about that? Mm-hmm. Is that you ultimately just gave advice for people who don't know what to do with their life you realize because you can apply that in life so in a way you know for young people who don't know what they want to do in the future you can ask that question Mm -hmm. what do you want to do with your life what would you have want to achieve Mm -hmm. and from there you can I I guess go back and reverse and create the plan that they didn't know that was possible (laughs) so now what advice do you have for young people to help them reach their potential for me, it's just always to explore. Mm. Um, there is never a one thing that uh, I want to do one thing and this is the only thing and I'm going to stick with it. Mm. For me, it's always to explore, especially even though you know you what, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like That's how I started as well. Every time I felt like uh, I was stuck 
mm-hmm. instead of deciding or making the decision I would defer my decision making instead I would explore so that's the same thing I would tell the youth that never ever rush into making decisions and saying um, this is it this is what I want mm-hmm. but explore other possibilities explore the opportunities um, if there's nothing to explore Uh, create maybe something for others to explore. Mm. Um, you can either be the person doing the exploring or to be explored. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that is. I think that that is. That's new. That's slightly dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> But to be explored in a sense, I mean, I I find that every person is unique. And I can learn so much. As you said earlier, what did I learn from my students? Yeah, well, not yeah. just love, but I learned yeah. that I learned to respect um, the different personalities, the different experiences, or even past that my students brought into the classroom. Mm. And I have to always tell my myself that every single youth, or just every single person I I meet, they they always have this. They have struggles, they mm. have difficulties. So I think I learn to respect my students that mm. way. Because whenever I speak to them, I said, "What's your number one issues or frustrations that you face, be it at home or be it at school?" Mm. The answers are always not being heard. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, not being heard. So I felt that um, it's my job to hear them out. It's not just a job. To a point, it started maybe as a job, but now. Um, can I say I find joy mm-hmm. in in listening to their stories? Oh. Yeah, I do feel that uh, being that one person to them who could listen to their struggles mm-hmm. and really empathize with uh, what they're going through, mm. it it helps them to actually go through their you know their days. Um, so sometimes they come into my class already looking grumpy, uh, angry, and then sometimes sleepy. So instead of um, getting angry at my students for looking all sleepy, I would say, go ahead and take a 15-minute nap. Oh, that's nice. And then, and usually my students would take a nap, and the moment they got up, and they look refreshed. And, Just to uh, listen and tune yeah. in to their needs and what they want, I think that's also yeah. very valuable. You know, um, I remember doing a course on uh, conflict mm-hmm. management, conflict resolution, mm-hmm. and actually... Just listening alone resolves the majority of the conflict. Mm. And you're not just talking about just listening and not saying anything. I'm talking about actually engaging and empathizing with them, saying, telling them that I hear you. Yeah. You know, I hear you. That's really difficult. Just that alone resolves at least 80% of conflicts that you face. Isn't that amazing? Like, you know, just listening. So as usual, we always have these um, <laughs> interesting conversations full of laughter. <laughs> and thank you so, so much you know, for coming to our podcast. It's been such a pleasure and joy to have you. So if they were interested in getting to know more about you, where can they find you? I'm on social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can find you on YPN I'm assuming YPN as well yeah. yep. uh, at ypn.vn guys Instagram yeah, handle Instagram handle yes ypn uh, Scott if you want to know more about what I do uh, what's the Instagram handle Scott for? underscore Brunei uh-huh. yay okay so thank you so much Asra oh thank you for having me yay <laughs> it's been fun it's been fun um, it's nice to it's nice to be heard yeah, oh. yeah.